my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy 2020, Tanner fans! Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Full House Fuller House podcast. How are you all doing today? I'm doing great. The sun is out, so that's a plus. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, since it is a new year, I will be doing a new. Full House, Fuller House series. In December, we had Tis the Season series with all the Christmas episodes from Full House and Fuller House. Before that would have been the Back to School series, which took place during August, or no, excuse me, it took place between September and October. Before that, you know, um, June through August was the Summer Fun series, and starting in 2020, well, we have a new series, and it's entitled Jesse and Becky, A Love Story, and this series will run from January 3rd all the way to the end of February, and basically what this series is going to involve is me covering episodes of Jesse and Becky's Courtship. So, of course, to kick things off, we're going to have Tanner versus Gibbler, Season 2, Episode 2 of Full House, where Jesse and Becky meet for the first time. We And we do meet Rebecca Donaldson, you know, who goes, you know, Becky Donaldson, who goes on to later become Becky Katsopoulos. From there, we have Season 2, Episode 11, entitled A Little Romance, where Jesse and Becky agree to date each other. Then we have Season 2, Episode 21, and Episode 22. It's a two-parter. Season 2 finale, Luck Be a Lady, Parts 1 and 2. Jesse and Becky almost elope after been only dating for six months. Before that, in on Valentine's Day, I am going to be covering the Little Shop of Sweaters. This is the episode where Jesse and Becky decide to become exclusive and only date each other. In February, we have... Season 4, Episode 1, Greek Week, where Jesse proposes to Becky, and they are officially engaged. Then we have Season 4, the two-parter, Episodes 18 and 19, The Wedding, Parts 1 and 2, where Jesse and Becky finally tie the knot and they get married. Then we have Season 4, Episode 20, Fuller House, where Jesse moves out when he comes back home with Becky from their honeymoon. He moves into her place, and then he is so homesick that he and Becky, well, actually, the family's decided, like, oh, you're going to live in the attic, because it's got, and she even says, it's a great place to save up money for our first home one day. So I just thought, I wanted to include this, because it just plays a pivotal step in him still staying in the house, and the family grows that much more. Then we have, of course, the season four finale, episode 26, entitled Rock the Cradle. Jesse learns that Becky and he are expecting their first child, or children, but they don't know that yet. 
And then we go to Season 5, Episode 10, Happy Birthday Babies, Part 2, where (laughs) Becky gives birth to the twins, whom they name Nikki and Alex. And then, of course, ending the series with Fuller House Season 1, Episode 13, entitled Love is in the Air, where Jesse and Becky renew their wedding vows. I just thought that would be a great little button on the end there to come full circle from their first meeting to them renewing their vows many, many, many years later. So before I officially get into discussing Tanner versus Gibbler, I would like to let you know for those listeners that have been listening to the podcast for a while, if you'd like to go and support the show, you can do so by hopping on iTunes or your podcast app and going and reviewing the podcast at Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas, a Full House Fuller House podcast. And also, if you type in Full House or Fuller House, the Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. You can be creative. Use emojis to describe your favorite character or episode. I think that would be so fun. Also, there are many ways to engage with the podcast. One of them is going to the Facebook page. The Just type in Full House or Fuller House podcast. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. You can talk about shows that are upcoming or your memories of past episodes that I have covered and your memories of those. Or you can go to Instagram at OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod or Twitter at OMHC. Actually, it's just Full House Pod, I believe. Or if you would like to send an email, I would love to hear from you at OMHCFHFHpodcast at gmail.com, which I will leave in the episode description. Alright, so courtesy of IMDb, we have Season 2, Episode 2, entitled Tanner vs. Gibbler, which aired on October 21st, 1988. In this episode, Danny becomes a talk show host on Wake Up San Francisco. We also meet Rebecca Donaldson. Jesse and Becky meet for the first time. Also, because of the title, Tanner vs. Gibbler, we have DJ throwing Kimmy a surprise party. (laughs) That will come into play many seasons later when Kimmy comes over her thinking DJ threw her a 16th birthday party. But anyway, Kimmy shows up, thinks they're going to the movies, but of course Stephanie blabs and Kimmy's like, can I invite my two friends from karate class, Nina and Melissa? DJ's like, absolutely, it's your party, you can do what you want. Kimmy shows up with a couple older girls that look like they're in late junior high, so maybe 8th grade, 7th, 8th grade. One of which is played by Amy Foster, who you all know as Margot Kramer from Punky Brewster. This episode actually aired in 88. Punky Brewster would have ended in May of 1988, so it's really funny. It's like she came right off the set. Same type of character. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. <laughs> she didn't even have to try. It's like she slipped right into her Margot Kramer. She doesn't say peasant or anything, but it's like, wouldn't it have been funny if she had? <laughs> this episode's got a 7.1 out of 10 based on 207 ratings. All right, so guest stars. We have Amy Foster, who plays Nina. We have Mr. Strawbridge, who plays Danny and now Rebecca's boss at Wake Up San Francisco. We have Kimberly Dunham 
who plays, I'm guessing, Melissa. So let's see if she's, what else she's done. She was in an episode of the short-lived TV, oh, apparently Weird Sarians lasted for, the TV show lasted for four seasons. Good for it. Till We Meet Again, a show that, I don't know what that's about. Uh, one episode of Full House as Melissa, and one episode as Ranger Girl in Newhart. This episode was directed by John Boab, writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Leonard Rips, written by as Lenny Rips. All right, we got some connections. Jesse and Joey refer to each other as Ozzy and Harriet. The price is right. Mr. Strawbridge says that ratings should be, ratings should increase now that Wake Up San Francisco is no longer on opposite The Price is Right. I always thought it was like Wheel of Fortune or something. Pee-wee's Playhouse, Jesse, says that Joey taped over his favorite Elvis video to record the show. Oh my goodness. Well, this is back when you had to record stuff off the TV if you didn't want to miss it if you were out somewhere. Because uh, if you were out somewhere and you didn't remember to tape something, well, you missed it forever. Thundercats. Michelle flips the TV to an episode of Thundercats. I remember this episode because they were playing the pilot of Thundercats. Even though you see it for a hot second, you can still tell. It's Thundercats. You cannot miss Lionel's red flaming mane of hair. All right, we got some trivia. The two older girls call Kimmy Cammy, and she is fine with that because they wear lipstick. The, oh, here, yes, yes, yes. The same thing happens in Season 1, Episode 18, when DJ's cousin Steve calls Kimmy Cammy, and she is okay with it because she thinks he is cute. The first appearance of Mr. Bear. Okay. Lori Laughlin makes her debut in this episode as Rebecca Donaldson, Jesse's future wife, and Danny's co-host. That's not really trivia. It's more of a spoiler. Okay. Okay. Goofs. Here we go. <laughs> Jesse asks where all the girls of the party were when he was 12. 12 year olds are in the 7th grade. 7th grade is considered junior high, however, it is likely that Jesse was just generalizing that the girls were 12 since the party is for Kimmy's 12th birthday. He also might have been interested in younger girls when he was 12. What in the what? Okay, I don't know. Who wrote this? Incorrectly regarded as this isn't a goof! Somebody just had a lot of time on their hands and wanted to spout off. Something that they are now calling a fact or a goof. Hound Dog is performed by John Stamos. All right, we got a uh, user review. We got a couple. All right, 7 out of 10. The title of this user review, The Best of Friends Have the Worst Fights. This was from May 8th of 2016. Oh, upper faithful power mandan. Warning, guys, spoiler, so if you have not seen this episode, go watch the episode and come back and listen to this podcast episode. Every so often in Full House, there is an episode about the crumbling relationship between best friends, DJ, and Kimmy. There really are. There are, uh, one was like Good News, Bad News, where DJ was the um, school newspaper editor and Kimmy wanted a job on the paper because she needed an extracurricular activity to make it like seem like she cared about the school. Anyway, <clears throat> this is the weakest one, but the strength of the others somehow enhance our apprehension for this, or appreciation for this, sorry. 
Another key point in this episode is the introduction of Rebecca Donaldson. Danny's talent as a sports anchor gets him transferred to being the station's new morning talk show host. His co-host is the wonderful Nebraska native named Rebecca, a.k.a. Becky, played by Lori Laughlin. The show is like Good Morning America or Live with Kelly and Michael. The girls need a mother, mother figure, and she eventually wins Jesse's heart. Back to the main, well, I would turn that around and say, eventually he wins her heart. Because she makes him work for that, I think. Which she should. Alright. Back to the main premise. DJ hosts Kimmy's birthday party. Kimmy asks if she can bring her two older friends from karate class, and DJ accepts. When they arrive, her friends try to throw... Try to throw an out-of-control party. That leaves Kimmy with an ultimatum of staying with her true friends or leaving with her older friends. She chooses the latter. That leads Kimmy to spread rumors about DJ. The rest of the family try to consolidate DJ and her view on friendship. This is the strength of the episode. Other friendship themes are explored in their future feuding episodes, but this is the basis and most common issue. They reconcile in a quick way that was evident that the writers needed an ending. Alright, 8 out of 10. Welcome, Aunt Becky. This was from December 10th of 2013 by Mitch RMP. And another cast member has officially joined the Full House cast this season. Rebecca Donaldson is only a supporting character, but by next season, I believe she is in the credits. As you know, Rebecca is the future wife of Jessie. She is a wonderful character and definitely has a fun part to play. She meets Jessie and sparks automatically fly for Jessie. She is so different from what we've always seen Jessie date, and that's a bit... That it's a bit shocking to see the chemistry they have for each other. On another note, DJ and Kimmy's relationship intensifies and we'll see more of Kimmy this season. She's still a supporting character, but that too will change in future seasons. The episode defines the relationship the two girls have really well. Kimmy can be pretty mean sometimes and DJ's hurt by her words often. Now I want to read this little synopsis off the DVD. This is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Do you... No, it says, do fries come with that? Do fries come with that? Question mark. A birthday party gone wrong ends with Kimmy calling DJ a geek burger. Oh, for heaven's sake, that's what you got from this episode? Do you want fries with that? Like, shut up. I could have done something better than that. A lot better. All right, everybody, without further ado, let's jump into this episode. All right. So we have the cold open. It is in Michelle's room. At this point in season two, this is only the second episode. Michelle's, I don't even think she's two yet. She's probably pretty close to two. Jesse and Joey are there. And so far, she is starting to get a little vocal, you know, little one-word responses. And Jesse's like, oh, Michelle, you want to go sleepy? And she's like, No. <laughs> it's really cute. She said, play basically like play horse. And Joey's like, well, what do you want to do? You want to stay up all night? And she's like, no. <laughs> she looks at Joey. And Jesse's like, well, is Mr. Horsey tired? And she's like, no. And I think she just likes saying, this is probably the only word she really knows other than maybe she's said daddy 
they're dead at so far. So, of course, whether or not she even really connects the word no with these questions they're throwing out at her, I, I don't know. But I think they're, they're just having fun, like, throwing out these, like, hey, are you tired yet? No. You want to go to sleep? No. So Joey's like, are you going to say anything but no? And she's like, no. So Joey's like, hmm, let's see. What would happen to be your favorite James Bond movie? Would it happen to be Doctor? And Michelle's like, no. Okay, so they do mention that she is two years old. Jesse's like, well, Joseph seems like we're unable to put a two-year-old to bed. So, either Mary-Kate or Ashley, I'm not sure which one this is that's sitting on that horse. And it's just funny. When she was bouncing up and down, it's like those springs were just popping. And there's a picture of me when I was little with my sister on one of those types of horses. Anyway, she's looking up, which has probably got to be like a boom mic or something right above them to pick up, you know, their dialogue. And she's just looking at it like, wow. Joy's like, is it possible that she's smarter than us? Cut to Michelle. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am playing this because it's just, it's so adorable. got you guys all right we come out of the theme song it's a breakfast time we are in the kitchen we have Danny getting his morning cup of coffee we got Jesse working with the breakfast food we got DJ at the table with her trapper keeper open looks like she might be finishing up some last night homework she might have not been able to finish Michelle of course is in her little high chair I love this Throwback to if you watched, you know, if you're an 80s kid, you watch cartoons. Rainbow Bright. Michelle's got a little Rainbow Bright uh, breakfast cereal bowl. Danny comes over to the kitchen table with his coffee and he's like, here, Michelle, here's a little handy hint. He tells her, if you put masking tape over your hand, sticky side out, you can... Use it to remove that unsightly lint from jacket or sweater. So, then Danny, I guess, could say that he was a revolutionary when it came to um, those sticky roller things that people use for, like, lint and pet hair to get off their clothes. Interesting. Danny, you could have stumbled on a gold mine. Hmm. Okay, I want to look up, let's see if I can get information on when the sticky roll actually was invented. So, so far I got, what is the man's name here? Nicholas McKay was the inventor of the lint pickup, the world's first lint roller. Had the idea after kneading masking tape, a paper roll, and some wire to clean his suit before chaperoning his son's whatever. Okay, so... Danny was not the first. 
to come up with that idea. So, of course, her he taps her little uh, puff sleeve on her dress for emphasis. And, of course, Jesse is busy making the girls uh, PB&Js for their school lunches while still wearing his um, exterminator outfit. Because at this point, he's not gotten into advertising. He is still in the exterminator business. He is lopped off that mullet, and he is rocking a nice, short, clean, spiky updo there. I really, really like it. So he's like, yeah, that's something every toddler should know. <laughs> How to remove lint from their clothing. Oh, Michelle, like, sticks her tongue at uh, Uncle Jesse. Okay, so actually what I thought was homework that DJ was finishing up. No, she's actually made a list of the food that she needs for Kimmy's surprise birthday party. And this is interesting because this is kind of a thing that DJ will take upon herself in future episodes, it shows that she is someone who likes to take on, um, you know, par organizing parties and, and, and as far as, uh, you know, school dances, um, committees, working on the school paper. So this is a nice little glimpse into, actually, now that I think about it, it even reminds me of the, uh, Fuller Thanksgiving episode when she was being uh, DJ the Taskmaster. But yeah, she's made up a list of food for Kimmy's birthday party. Of course, you know that these girls, they're all 12 years old. They're going to want a lot of, lot of sugary treats and snacks and salty snacks. All right, we got grape soda, orange soda, cream, uh, caramel corn, cherry licorice, and ice cream. I don't know. I, I honestly, if I'm going with licorice, I'm going to go with the Twizzler strawberry licorice. That is the OG licorice for me. If I had to choose between grape soda and orange soda, I like them both. Um, I might go orange soda and then grape soda. I'm not really a fan of like strawberry soda or like the Fago red pop. Oh, of course, and we can't forget the ice cream. Does she say what kind of ice cream? Of course, Joey's like, you know, why shop? Why don't I just put out a bowl of white sugar for you kids to... Yeah, pixie sticks. <laughs> they definitely like to do close-up of Michelle making goofy faces. The phone rings. It's for Danny. He's got some news. He's not sure if it's good news or bad news, but the manager wants him at the station right away. Granted, apparently that masking tape is working a little too much as he goes to put the phone down, and he can't because the masking tape is holding true. So Danny tells Jesse and Joey that his boss just called. He's got some good news. He's like, well, actually, no. He said it was big news. But big news could be bad news. You know, I'll just, I'll worry on the way. Ay ay ay. Well, I mean, if they were going to tell you bad news, they wouldn't say, we have big news. Like, oh, we're going to fire you. Like, no. But Danny, like me, is a constant worrier, so. Yeah, so apparently this whole time, Stephanie has not come down. Jesse has just finished making a sack lunch for DJ and filling Stephanie's Jetson's lunchbox. But, of course, Stephanie has her own little dilemma because she comes in bringing a white party dress on one hanger in one hand and on the other hand on a hanger is a blue dress with a white collar, bib collar with a little pink bow 
which they both honestly look pretty bland to me. I mean, I think I like her little Scotty dog red sweater with the Scotty dogs in the middle and the yellow background, honestly. I mean, those two, find something else. But she is under the impression that she is going to Kimmy's surprise party because it's being held at their house. Because she asked DJ, which one of these party dresses will I look cuter in at your party? So DJ stands up and it's like, oh boy. Uh, look, Steph, you wouldn't like this party. It's gonna be a bunch of sixth graders. A lot of older kids. And we're gonna be talking about stuff that has nothing to do with you. Stuff that you wouldn't even understand. You're not gonna have fun. But of course, this doesn't deter Stephanie at all. Like, hey, what if I bring six first graders? No. First of all, you were not invited. Second of all... This is for Kimmy for her birthday. So, sorry, Steph. Apparently she thinks if she wears the plain white one with the pale pink rose on the sleeve or on the shoulder that it will make her look older. That ain't gonna help you, pumpkin. Oh, her her sweater with this yellow um, Scott, oh, Scotty word and then it's got little Scotty dogs on the sides. Oh, I like this one. I think that one's... Oh, and she's got matching little um, scrunchy hair things for her curly hair and braid. Oh, I like... Or braid, not braids. Uh, pigtails. That's so cute. I love it. Yeah, she basically tells her, look, you're in first grade. All these kids at the party are going to be in sixth grade. And, of course, because DJ's holding up six fingers... Stephanie holds up six fingers and says, well, what if I bring six first graders? No, 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 just no. Five other first graders, because she'd be including herself. So DJ, of course, is like, okay, I tried to be nice. Joey, Uncle Jesse, can you please help me out here? Apparently she thinks that she's coming to my party. And it irritates me that Stephanie's like, I do think that. It's like, you're not going to the party. But yeah, get used to it. She's going to be doing it for like six more years. They would never be down there in their underwear. There's children around.
Get out of here. Apart. Jesse pulls DJ away. Joey takes Stephanie. And he's like, alright, DJ, air out your business. So she's like, Stephanie apparently thinks she's coming to my party. And Stephanie is like, I do think that. So Joey's like, hey, Steph, why don't you and I go hang out upstairs? We'll have a, a party of our own. Does that sound like fun? And Stephanie just looks at him and like rolls her eyes to the heavens, like, does that sound like fun to you? <laughs> so, luckily, crisis averted. Kimmy, of course, comes in, barges in. Jesse's like, gosh, Kimmy, why do you just barge in here? Don't you ever knock? And Kimmy's like, well, yeah, I mean, when you guys are in your underwear, I knock, but why bother? Anyway, and they're like, no, they would never be in their underwear down there. Um, More like their bathrobes. Anyway... I like that Kimmy is wearing all blue, and her barrettes are blue, and they really color-coordinated the hair accessories with the clothes. Like with Stephanie, she's got a red sweater with the yellow in the middle with the word Scotty and the Scotty dogs, but she's got the yellow, like, yellow scrunchies for the pigtails. DJ's got what looks like a pink polo shirt that you would go where to play golf. And uh, she's got like a headband, a pink headband. So of course her cover for Kimmy is, don't forget at seven o'clock, pick me up here because we're going to the movies together. Stephanie has to open her big mouth. The movies? What about Kimmy's surprise party? Oh, Stephanie! So, <laughs> great, way to go. Oh, yeah, well, that kind of goes in with the fact that, uh, remember Danny's big 3-0 party from season one? That she has spoiled, like, the big 29th? Yeah, she's a blabbermouth. Yeah, she doesn't know when to keep that trap zipped. But anyway, it's not a big deal. Kimmy's like, oh, wow, a surprise party for me? DJ, that's great. I'll act surprised. Can I also bring my two friends, Nina and Melissa, from karate class? And which is funny because DJ later does karate. But she and Kimmy were never doing karate at the same time. It just seems like something that they both would be into. But then, if that were the case, DJ would have heard of the this Nina and Melissa so, but when we see these girls, we look and I, I look at those girls like they don't look like they would be into karate unless it were one of those co-ed type karate classes where they wanted to meet cute boys. Or maybe the instructor looked like um, Ralph Macchio from The Karate Kid. I don't know. Maybe it was Ralph Macchio from The Karate Kid who was doing the... Uh, the who was the instructor? Yeah, I sign up for that, right? <laughs> All right. So so far in my mind, what I got for best outfit so far, still a little early in the episode, but Kimmy and Stephanie. You know I'm partial to red, so 
And, uh, but I do like blue. Um, Kimmy is wearing a blue and black checked kind of plaid shirt with the sleeves kind of rolled up a little bit. Um, DJ may get the worst outfit of the episode award, but then again, like I said, it's too early in the episode to tell. I know there's going to be, you know, maybe other outfits later. Maybe someone else will come along and knock them all out of the water. We'll find out. Of course, DJ's like, it's your surprise party. You can invite whoever you want. And, of course, Stephanie uses, tries to use that as another in to be Kimmy's plus one or plus three at the party. Like, you you don't have to answer that now. You can pick me. Think it over. And, of course, we get a shot of Kimmy just like, oh, please. Maybe I don't have any little sisters. I'm sure that's what they're talking about on the way to school. Do you think they walk or take the carpool or do you think they take the bus? I don't know. They might. I think they might take a bus or maybe they walk. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think that the guys and Danny would let the girls walk by themselves to school? I remember on the uh, first day of school episode in season one that um, he was going to let DJ takes Stephanie to school on her first day at kindergarten, which honestly, it's like, no, you would take, that's a big deal. She's going from preschool to kindergarten, so, but he does go with her, so. All right, so we're going to jet across town to the station where Danny works, and Mr. Strawbridge is showing this new lady. We don't know her name yet. But he's showing her the set. So definitely, if you think about it, she gets to see the set before Danny does. It's really, really nice and homey and, 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 and comfortable looking. We see Wake Up San Francisco and it's like a big yellow sun with Wake Up in yellow lettering. And then below the sun in cursive font is San Francisco. And then you see like a, a blue little like trolley car. It's really cool. And there's like a little um, built-in fireplace on the wall just below the Wake Up San Francisco. There is a picture so that way they can kind of give it a nice comfy feel. Like, hey, we're sitting down. We're just going to chat with you guys. Like, like, feel like you're with us just hanging out like friends. And, of course, it's got a couple chairs for the hosts. And then, of course, if they have a guest on. Oh, I like the little nook in the back with the window with the shades. And it's also got, like, little built-in bookshelves on either side of the window. And a lady's, like, putting books there. It's, like, really homey. And I really like <laughs> how um, we learned her name is Rebecca Donaldson. Or she goes by Becky. She's like, oh, wow, it's so nice. I could live here. <laughs> She's like, all this place needs is a sink, a toaster oven, and maybe a wall, like, right about there. <laughs> So my guess is she does hail from Nebraska, Valentine, Nebraska, in fact, and this is her big gig coming to San Francisco from, um, or California from Nebraska. So, and she does say at one point she did do a host for, um, uh, is it like up in Adam, um, Omaha or something like that later on and she had to do like a pig call she might bring I remember she does that when um Jesse and Joey are doing the radio show thing and they're getting a new manager and Becky kind of chimes in with how she had to do you know sign off with a pig call at uh, the up and Adam 
No, wait, Up in Adam Oakland is the other talk show that Wake Up San Francisco competes against. I'm sorry. So my guess is she's probably rooming with a friend right now until she can actually find a place. Because when she is speaking with Jesse, she just mentioned, you know, there's a lot of apartments out there. The only thing is they already have people living in them. So she's, you know, still trying to find her place. But I'm going to play this introduction of Rebecca Donaldson played by Lori Loughlin. She is so pretty. She's so pretty. It's definitely, you can tell it's the 80s because she's wearing this silk button-up shirt that is, like, kind of a white silver color with, like, black-shaped patterns and, like, looks like, like, branches and leaves and different things. That might be in the running for the worst. That and DJ's pink polo shirt. Well, here it is, the set of Wake Up San Francisco. <laughs> Oh, whoa, there he was. <laughs> that was him. He'll be back. Oh, there you are, Mr. Strawbridge. Excuse me, miss. <laughs> Couldn't wait to hear the big news. Just out of curiosity, sir, it is big good news, isn't it? Very good news. Tonight will be your last sportscast. <laughs> it's interesting how one man's good is another man's bad. Tanner, what did I do? I'm always on time. I... I I, the ratings are up. I, I never step on the weatherman's jokes. Who are you going to get to replace me? Tanner, Tanner, I'd like you to meet the newest <laughs> member of the Channel 8 family, Miss Rebecca Donaldson. Wonderful to meet you. It's wonderful to meet you, too. You're going to hire her? Oh, please don't take any of this personally. Are you out of your mind? Please don't take that personally either, sir. It's just, before you accept this job, if you could just look at my three little girls here. You can't see their feet, but boy, do they go through shoes. Those are going to be your nieces later on. <laughs> Co-host. Co-host. Yeah. I can live with that. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, this is great. You'll get used to this. I hug everybody. Yes, it's a thing. <laughs> this was just what I was hoping for. Chemistry. That's what's going to take us from number three to number one. That and the fact they moved Wheel of Fortune. So he does mention Wheel of Fortune. That price is right. Exactly. You want to start at the beginning of the week, right not the end. Fun. It's going to take hours and hours of relentless rehearsal to make it look like we're having fun. What? We actually are having fun. Yes. Rebecca, no offense, but have you ever hosted a talk show before? You I haven't. I have. AM Omaha for two years. Yes. That's How it. about you? Have you ever hosted a talk show? That's kind of personal. Oh, Danny. Old stick-in-the-mud Danny Tanner. <laughs> but all right, let me go back to the beginning of this so that way we can kind of go over it a little bit. Rebecca sits down in one of the chairs and she's like, oh, I can't wait to meet my co-host. So Mr. Shrubbage looks at his wife and he's like, oh, well, I mean, Danny Tanner should be here any second. And she's like, oh, great. Boom! Danny is 
zipping across the set and not even looking at anything or anyone. He is, like, just so... That's probably how he drove there, too, which is fearing for his job and how he could provide for his family. But then again, like I said, Danny and I, we're both warriors. We both probably think the worst all the time. So Becky's first impression of Danny is him zipping past the set in, uh, in a frenzy. But he comes right back. He's like, oh, there you are, Mr. Strobridge. He just glances in Rebecca's direction, not even really thinking about, like, oh, excuse me, miss, here, let me put my bag down. I couldn't wait to hear the big news. But, of course, before he gets the big news, he wants to make sure it's actually big good news. So, Mr. Strawbridge is like, yeah, it is. You know, tonight is going to be your last sportscast. And Danny just jaw dropped on the floor like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny how someone's good news could be someone's bad news. <laughs> so, while Mr. Strawbridge is trying to get Danny's attention and get him, like, focused here... Danny is just spiraling, like, what did I do? I mean, I'm always on time. I never step on the weatherman's jokes. And, of course, Mrs. Strawbridge is trying to, like, divert his attention. Like, I'd like you to meet Rebecca Donaldson. And, of course, Danny thinks now he's being fired and being replaced by Rebecca. Like, what, you're going to hire her? Oh, my God. And he races over to her with his wallet out and his picture of his three kids. Like, you can't see their feet, but boy, do they go through shoes. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're cute. And I'm like, they're going to meet your nieces one day. You don't know it yet, but they will be. And, of course, finally, Mr. Strawbridge gets through to Danny and says, no, you're not being fired. You two are going to be the hosts of our new talk show, Wake Up San Francisco. And, of course, Danny's like, wow, I get to be the new host of Wake Up San Francisco? And, of course, Becky has to burst his bubble like, <laughs> no, you're a co-host. You're one of two. He's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I can live with that. So he kind of loves, Mr. Strawbridge loves what he's seeing with already the chemistry. Like, oh, you guys are going to be great. You will also be starting Monday. And, of course, Danny's like, oh, we're starting Monday? I don't know whether, this has got to be Friday night, right? Because who has a party, like, on a Thursday or a Wednesday night? Of course, we get to see Danny hug his boss after receiving this wonderful news and hug Becky. And he's like, oh, well, don't worry, I, I hug everybody. And she goes, oh, yeah, I like people who hug. And I'm like, uh, he's like a lean, mean hugging machine. You'll learn, you'll learn. So, Mr. Strobridge is happy because it'll move them from whatever slot they're in now to number one because they moved Wheel of Fortune, which I guess also aired in the morning as well as the evening. Well, then where does Price is Right come in? Whoever put in that trivia or whatever it was, um, <laughs> I heard Wheel of Fortune. I've always heard Wheel of Fortune. I've seen this episode multiple times in my life, so maybe Price is Right comes up later. I like how he, Mr. Strawbridge put the uh, arm on Danny's shoulder and Rebecca's and it's like, San Francisco is just going to fall in love with you two. You'll be fine. You'll be great. You'll be starting Monday. And then, like, a cool, swift breeze, he just disappears. Of course, Becky just sees this as, you know, 
with total optimism, like, well, that's way the best way to do it, right? I mean, just jump right in there and have fun. And I'm like, yeah, you would. Monday makes sense. Why would you wouldn't start on a Tuesday, right? You would start like at the beginning of the week. And Danny, of course, is becoming very manic again, where he's like, just jump in right in there and have fun. Like, no, we have to rehearse for hours to be able to get our chemistry down and everything to make it look like we're having fun and Becky's like well can't we just have fun it's like no fun doesn't just happen it's like it does if you let it just dial it down just a little bit guy I know that you're a little uneasy when it comes to change people are I'm the same way it takes me a little bit to be able to get into a new routine and it's gonna be just fine just relax he also was like, hey, did you ever host a talk show before? Like, do you even know what you're talking about? And she's like, yeah, I did. AM Omaha for two years. Oh, is that the one where she had to sign off with a pig call? Sweet! <laughs> so she's like, oh, well, how about you? Have you ever hosted a talk show? And Danny just looks at her like, that's kind of personal. I'm like, Danny, you need to be open to this. She's trying to be open with you and try to get a repertoire, you know, a whatever you want to call it between the two of you, you know, work on your chemistry. But if you're going to be shutting that door in her face, it ain't going to work and it's not going to come off as believable. All right. We are back to the house. It is nighttime. The party is going on. Of course... We haven't seen Kimmy yet. She's not there. We got Michelle in a beautiful dress. She's playing hostess. She's bringing in. She's being a server. She's got a giant, and I mean giant, party bowl filled with pretzels. That I would not give a two-year-old a big bowl of pretzels and expect her to walk across the room and place it carefully on a coffee table. That is a lot for a two-year-old. Honestly, that'd be a lot for me, because odds are I would probably trip and fall and spill all of those pretzels all over the floor. <laughs> Actually, pretzels weren't on that list. I want to see this display of uh, goodies they got there. Oh boy, um, I see as Michelle is walking, she's got the, the bowl starts to dip lower and lower as she walks. It's like, that stuff's going all over the floor. I see what m might be popcorn in a bowl. I see presents on the coffee table. I see a girl sitting on the coffee table. We got mainly a lot of blonde-haired girls, a couple brunettes. How many girls we got here? We got one, two, three, four, five. I think there might be another girl on the couch. Okay, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's nine girls. If you want to include DJ, there's ten. Um, one is a pretty African-American girl. Of course, DJ made it specifically clear that her other sisters were not supposed to interrupt the party. Granted, the party don't start till Kimmy Gibbler walks in that house. So, but anyway, nobody's talking to each other. One of them is holding a drink behind the couch and just watching this child walk in and eventually spill this giant bowl of... Luckily, that bowl is most likely plastic. I would not give that child a glass bowl. Oh, and down it goes. Oh, pumpkin. But, of course, Michelle is like, oh, no, I won't 
pick it up. She doesn't say that, but she just starts, you know, as any hostess would do if you drop something, you immediately go into cleanup mode. And TJ's like, oh, Michelle, you don't have to do that. That's okay. And I love how the audience just goes, aww. But DJ's like, oh, it's okay, Michelle. I'll clean it up. And Michelle just starts putting the pretzels back in the bowl. Of course, Uncle Jesse comes in the rescue to get Michelle. Like, oh, Michelle, what are you doing here? Of course, he gets her in his arms, looks as he stands up at the girls who are saying nothing. They're just looking at him. Of course, he's the cute uncle. Like, oh, he's a cutie. So he crosses the room to head up the stairs with Michelle, but he turn, stops, turns, and looks at all these girls who are just staring at him. There's no conversation going on. He, like, walked into the room and everything just stops. So he calls DJ over and says, like, hey, DJ, uh, why is everyone so quiet? And she's like, they think you're cute. And he looks at the girls, kind of giving them all a once-over, like, hmm. Where were they when I was 12? And DJ's like, not born. Bye. <laughs> like, this is uncomfortable and awkward. Please go. Party time. It is? They're all waving at him. Where were they when I was 12? Not born. I am such a dumb dumb. I'm sorry. The girl on the couch in the teal shirt is actually a nice pretty Asian girl. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. Please forgive me. Of course, he heads up Michelle. Oh, Uncle Jesse heads upstairs with Michelle. She, and DJ's like, don't worry, I promise that was the last interruption. Boom! Cued the door to the kitchen. Who comes in but Stephanie? Actually, I'm sorry, no! It's the doorbell. She's like, okay, that's Kimmy. Everybody get ready. DJ opens the door. It's Stephanie. And here's what DJ says if this were... I had to play that. <laughs> I'm sure that is exactly what's going through Stephanie or DJ's mind when she opens the door, yells surprise, and it turns out to be Stephanie and not Kimmy. I feel like, why are you at the front door? Of course, apparently she is checking the mail in her white. She chose the white party dress, which I probably choose that one over that you know the blue one with the white collar anyway she was checking the mail in the dark um i guess the mailbox is on the side of the house or i just remember that episode where it was middle-aged crazy dj apparently had to cross the street to get the mail because at one point they make a big deal like oh stephanie you're not even allowed to cross the street why would you cross the street unless you were getting the mail, but I thought the mailbox was on the house. I don't know. Yeah, somebody's like, oh, for me, you shouldn't have, and DJ's just like, we didn't. What are you doing down here? 
No, that's me and DJ's demon voice. She went to check the mail, my foot. So she's like, oh, nothing at all. Pretzels, don't mind if I do. And she starts picking them up off the floor. Of course, DJ runs after her and like, like wipes them out of her wipes them out of her hand. Like, no, I mind. Okay, where's Joey? He's supposed to keep you entertained upstairs. Apparently, yes. She and Joey are going on a wonderful date. It's going to be the greatest thing. Her special party upstairs. And she really got dolled up. I mean, Stephanie is even wearing white lace gloves. She's got a purse. She's got white tights and little pale pink dress shoes. It's like she's going to church for Easter Sunday. Granted, if she were, she'd probably be wearing a hat to go along with it. Of course, she can't go upstairs just yet because she's like, oh, what a pretty sweater. Love your hair. We must do lunch. <laughs> Some girls are just kind of smiling at her. And the one girl who's sitting on the coffee table is just rolling her eyes like, oh, little sisters, don't I know it. I have too. They're horrible. So, of course, just like that singing in Big Daddy as DJ's back is turned, picking up pretzels in that bowl... Kimmy comes in the door, surprise! And of course, who walks in the door behind her but Margot Kramer from Punky Brewster. What are you doing in San Fran, Miss Margot Kramer? Apparently she takes karate now. Apparently all the friends groan because like, oh, Stephanie, we ruined you. <laughs> we wasted the good surprise on you. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious sake. Of course, Kimmy is just, just, yeah, with her, oh, a surprise party for me? What a surprise! She's just like, don't worry, Deej, I will act surprised. Granted, you got little Miss uh, Nina behind there, like, taken in the, hmm, nice big living room. Oh, I like the furniture. Oh. So much space in here. She's calculating in her head at that moment without saying it. How many people she's gonna stuff into this living room when they take over the house. Which makes me think apparently of the 400 people that Kimmy had unknowingly invited to that New Year's Eve party at her house. That the police had to come and just start escort escorting people out of there. So, I'm thinking Kimmy, with this shirt, sweater thing she's got going on, uh, you could have had... I would have... Why didn't you just wear what you wore to school? I mean, that would be bad. I really don't like it. It's just... It's a white sweater. It looks like something that's went through the wash way too many times, to the point where it used to be white, but now it's got like a tinge of gray and where the bottom of the sweater is starting to curl up. Like the uh, the hem in it has like just kind of given way over time. And started to curl up. Where I just, I don't like it. Of course, she goes up to the top step where Nina and Melissa are. Nina, of course, is played by Amy Foster, who you'll know as Margot Kramer. And Melissa is the brunette who is wearing a brownish suede jean jacket over a red skirt with a yellow and red top 
red shoes and yellow socks. So she really coordinated. I mean, to the point where that brown jacket just looks not great against it. Um, I'm just going to call the girl Margo. She is wearing a jean skirt with a jean and pale pink jacket over top. And the way that Kimmy, she goes over the, the step right by the door where the girls are. The door is still open, by the way. And she goes up there and presents them like, these are the two friends that you told me I could invite. Nina and Melissa, they're in junior high. Like, that is a big thing. The fact that these girls, they're in junior high. The fact that they're even talking to Kimmy and somehow she convinced them to come to this party that is supposed to be for her. My guess is the girls thought, okay, this girl is taking us to a party that her friend is throwing. And they always, that's their thing. They go to, they throw big house parties. They find some naive young girl and take over her house and just throw a crazy bash where the police end up coming to break it up. And I think that they feel this is going to be no different. They're going to take over this party, commandeer this party. But luckily, DJ's got her wits about her because she sees these girls and she's not impressed by them at all. Kimmy, I think, is very naive, maybe even on the side of desperation, to be want to be liked by these older girls. So she kind of lets them do what they will and kind of take control. Whereas, mm, I'm going to play this clip so you can see how this plays out. It's not going to be great. <laughs> Sweetie, you're not that desperate. Oh, hey, his runner just got there. No, he's gone. But my uncle's upstairs. Great party house. Thanks. Much better than the house you trashed last weekend. Excuse me? Oh, where's the phone? Oh, it's over here. Let's call Wade, Andy, and the Duke. The Duke. Uh, can we call any Dukes? Do you mind telling me what you're doing? Don't worry. Then now we'll have 50 or 60 kids here. We don't need oh, 50 or 60 kids here. What's the address here? None of your business. This is a crank call. But a dream. Hey, this party isn't for you and your friends. It's a party for Kimmy and her friends. DJ, you're messing everything up. Don't you get it? They're in junior high. Who cares? This is the land of the lame. Come on, Kimmy, let's get out of here. Oh, you call her by her real name now. You can't leave no birthday parties. Kimmy, come on. Don't tell me what to do. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying don't act dumb. Oh, now I'm dumb. You are if you stay here. Come on, the mall's open to Why are you listening to girls you just met? Let's do it. Kimmy! What's wrong with you, girl? So DJ, of course, she introduces herself like, hi, I'm DJ. I'm glad you can make it. And right away, it's like, oh, well, we wouldn't miss a, a party for our old pal Cammy. 
And DJ immediately corrects him, like, uh, it's actually Kimmy. But Kimmy's like, DJ, what are you doing? They wear lipstick, okay? They call me whatever they want. Which, throw back to the Cousin Steve episode, because he's like, oh, yeah, Cammy, go get me a pickle. Yeah, that'd be great. And DJ also corrects Cousin Steve, like, her name is Kimmy. And Kimmy's like, hey, if it's Cammy to him, it's Cammy to me. So it's almost like she is that desperate for a friend that they can call her whatever they feel like. Oh, heaven forbid that we got one letter onto your name wrong. <sighs> and how long has, have they really known these, has she really known these girls? I mean, you've known Kimmy for, what, maybe a few years. You've known these girls for, what, maybe a month or two, tops? And those girls, they just, they don't seem like girls that would be, I'm not trying to typecast anybody, but they really don't seem like the type that would do karate unless maybe their fathers are like, hey, I want you girls to know how to defend yourselves in case you come across a guy who has bad intentions or something to that effect. Or maybe the instructor is Ralph Macchio. I don't know. So, of course, Miss Margo slash Nina here is like, this party is dead. I'm like, well, hello, the guest of honor, like, just arrived. They're not going to get the party started until Kimmy walks through the door. And right away, she's like, oh, is your dad home? And, of course, DJ's like, well, no, he's gone. And immediately, those girls can't get to that phone fast enough. Like, hey, let's call Greg, Andy, and the Duke. And I'm just like, if I were DJ, I'm like, no, my dad isn't home, but my uncle and my other pseudo-uncle is also here. So... This, what you're planning, is not going to happen. I mean, they take over a house that they don't even know the person. This isn't Kimmy's house. Luckily, DJ jumps right in there as they're like, oh, what's the address here? DJ jumps right in and hang, grabs the phone like, hey, Duke, this is a crank call. Click. And they're like, uh. But before they say, hey, let's call Greg, Andy, and the Duke, like, oh, this house is way better than the house we trashed last week, immediately I'd be like, you two need to leave now. Or I would have just as easily went upstairs like, Uncle Jesse, I have a situation upstairs, Can you or downstairs, can you please? Because I think Joey's even upstairs with Stephanie at this point. Now, I remember when I was watching this, as around Stephanie's age at this time, when they said, let's call Greg, because these girls, even DJ was, you know, years older than me. So I'm thinking when they say, let's call the Duke, I'm thinking it's some studly dude who's all about parties, and he's like the top dog of, I'm guessing junior high slips right into high school, like 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, something like that. So he's probably a guy who drives. Wouldn't be surprised. That's popcorn by the phone. That popcorn is really yellow. I gotta say, at least DJ's, like, Charlie Brown-esque sweater here, which is black with um, interesting diamond-shaped patterns with a little Charlie Brown, like, yellow squiggle with white and everything is a lot better than that pink polo she wore. But I, I think, hands down, I think Kimmy is definitely getting the worst outfit. I just, I don't like. It's, like, white with a turtleneck with a little, like, pink stitching along the, the hem of the shirt. 
And then, of course, along the turtleneck, I just, it's mm, not good. So, yeah, it's like, uh, before you call anybody named Duke, can you tell me what you're doing? And, of course, Margot Kramer is all like, well, don't worry, relax, it'll be fine. In about an hour, we'll have 50 or 60 kids here. I'm like, and what makes you think I want 50 or 60 kids in my house? DJ's kind of just looking at it like these are older girls, like, but then again, DJ, this is your house. You need to take a stand. And Kimmy, of course, is like, oh, yeah, that's what I want, these older girls, to take advantage of my friend. But in a way, it almost looks like maybe she could be second-guessing, like, maybe I shouldn't have brought them. This is, situation is getting a little out of hand. DJ is wearing a black and yellowish white checkered skirt with some... Oh, she and uh, Melissa are wearing the same yellow socks. But what's under DJ's skirt is some white ruffled leggings that just hit just about knee point. That look kind of odd. <laughs> I get it, they want to coordinate with their sweater and everything. It's all about the coordination here. All about the color coordination. What is on the back of Kimmy's sweater? It's like some weird pink tree design, like stripes or something, like pink and white stripes. I don't know. This is a weird, it just, and it's weird because the back of Kimmy's sweater looks like normal, like it hits like right at her waist, where it's like the other half is almost like crop-ish right above the belly button. And it's like, that thing needs to be thrown in the trash or used as a rag because it is done. It is done as whatever it was supposed to be at one point. A turtleneck mixed with a sweater. I don't know. It looks horrendous. Oh my god! Okay. DJ hangs up the phone. Of course, Melissa calls her a dweeb. What a dweeb! Look, Nina... Margot Kramer has got her hand like, she's like got her head kind of tilted to Kimmy like, what's up with your friend? What's up with your friend? Why is she not letting us have this party? Like, they're valley girls. DJ finally takes a stand and says, hey, look, this party isn't for you. It's not for your friends either. It's for Kimmy and her friends. As in myself and these other nine other girls that are sitting here watching this whole thing play out. D Kimmy, of course, goes right over to DJ. DJ, what are you doing? You're messing everything up. Don't you get it? They're in junior high. Who cares? DJ's like, who cares? Of course, Nina Margot Kramer is all like, this is the land of the lame. Let's go to the mall. They're up until nine. I love how Amy Foster, who plays Nina slash Margot Kramer, gets more lines than Melissa does because we all know Amy Foster. She, right off the set of Punky Brewster. I mean, this aired October 1988. Punky Brewster's last episode aired in May of 1988. So they actually include Kimmy. Like, hey, Kimmy, come on, let's get out of here. Immediately she starts walking towards them and DJ's like, Kimmy, wait, you can't leave your own birthday party. It's like, I went to the trouble of throwing this for you so don't come to me when you're 16 when I want to go out with my boyfriend for a six-month anniversary and say my best friend I'm expecting her to throw me a big 16th birthday sweet 16th birthday party I would be bringing this up 
Like, no, Kimmy, you want to know not want to know why I'm not throwing you a 16th birthday party other than the fact that my boyfriend and I are celebrating our six month anniversary tonight? No, because I remember when I threw you a 12th birthday party and you up and ditched me for two older girls. Yeah. You see Kimmy look back and forth between Nina and Melissa and DJ. Like, almost dilemma being pulled in two different directions, but it doesn't take her very long to decide what she wants to do. Because you've got Nina, Margot Kramer, looking at Kimmy like, hey, it's up to you. If you want to stay here and be a loser with your loser friends, go for it. But <laughs> I'm going to the mall. And it's almost like that gives... Kimmy a boost of snottiness because she looks it's almost like Nina is encouraging this behavior like tell your friend off come with us she looks at DJ and says you can't tell me what to do and DJ's like look I'm not telling you what to do I'm telling you don't act dumb and of course Kimmy is affronted like oh so now I'm dumb and Nina is like you are if you stay here the mall's open till 9. Let's go. Are you coming, Kimmy, or not? Oh, they actually call her by her name. Not Cammy. Oh, Melissa's like, you are if you stay here. You see one girl who's standing behind DJ is kind of fuzzy looking. She's got her arms crossed like, I can't believe I wasted my Friday night. I could be home watching Silver Spoons for the Wonder Years. I could be watching Kevin Arnold right now, Fred Savage. But no, I had to come here for this supposed surprise party. I mean, I could be home right now drooling over Ricky Schroeder. Actually, by then it probably would have been reruns because I think Silversmith's ended in, what, 80... It was on for, what, five seasons? So 82, 83, 84, 85, 86... 86, it would have been over, so maybe in reruns. Kimmy, of course, her mind's made up. Let's do it. Let's go to the mall. Yes, uh, burn that sweater while you're at it. You know what, why don't you stop next door, grab a jacket so you can hide that disgusting sweater, because, yeah. Well, they're gonna drop her butt anyway once they get to the mall. We find out later. Yeah. Nice new friend you got there, Kimbo. So the girls and Kimmy exit as she slams the door. Poor DJ turns and faces her friends like, sorry if you guys want to jet, you can. I'm just going to hang out here and clean up all this garbage and sit in my room and sulk. Probably hang out with Stephanie. So Kimmy's house is the one with the big bush um, <laughs> taking over it. <laughs> you can't even see the steps to that house. That bush is enormous. Okay, we do see Stephanie in her bedroom with all her stuffed animals talking to... Oh, Mr. Bear! I see him! Oh, let's see what other one... Okay, um, she's got... Oh, that's right, Melvin's Derby, the, um... Melvin the Frog or Turt, what is he? Um, yeah, remember the episode, um, dang it, what is the episode? <laughs> I'm trying, I'm blanking on it. The one with uh, DJ's diary being broken into, because she took the key, which was supposed to be under Melvin the Frog's derby hat. Okay, there is a 
blue, a light blue brontosaurus with a Hawaiian shirt and a Hawaiian hat. It's like red with like white Hawaiian flowers on it. We have a elephant. We have an adorable lamb. We have a, just a regular porcelain doll with a um, Vicky from Small Wonder dress with black hair. And let's see, I think that's a hippo back there, blue hippo. There's a chicken. There's, oh, why does she have DJ's pillow person? Um, what is that other gray looking, whatchamacallit? This is funny. How many of you as kids, because I know I did this with my cousins. Aside from playing house and like doctor, we played school. My sister and I played school, and it was really funny because <laughs> what what kids are like, you played school? Seriously? You go five days a week, and you want to play school? No, we played school during the summertime. I know that sounds even worse, right? <laughs> I was right around Stephanie's age, so she's like, there will be no talking in class as her stuffed animals, along with DJ's pillow person, are spread out across her uh, bed there. She goes over to the little table, and she has a workbook open. She's like, all right, now turn to page whatever. And it's just funny. We get this quick cut to the bed, and it's just kind of ironic because none of them have books. It's, always, it's almost like turn to page, we cut to them, and it's like, it's funny because they don't, they're just stuffed animals. There's no books. There's nothing. <laughs> there is a doll with no face and a pale pink peachish like with a little um apron thing but it's got no face on it. it's way at the back oh there's a dolphin with like a red like mouth and the fin on top the dorsal fin is red but the rest of it is blue oh and it's little like other fins are red. Interesting. She's got a bunch of stuffed animals. I remember when I was a kid, I had a bunch of, like, stuffed animals. And we had one of these chairs that actually you could spin around in it. And I would, like, pretend it was, like, um, a ride. And I'd, like, put them in and pretend like I was belting them in. And I would just take the chair and just spin it. Um, one of the bad things about that chair was, like, one of the like buttons on the um the bottom part had come off so of course there was a sharp metal like wire sticking out of it so it's like whenever you would walk past it you always end up scraping like your ankle or your leg no matter and I'd always like try to like put more space between me and the chair as I was walking past it into the kitchen from the living room into the kitchen and it seems like it didn't matter how far I walked in front of like enough space I still managed to constantly scrape my leg across that that wire poking out where that like little felt button used to be on the on that chair. So another thing that they do keep a little bit consistent as far as with the ballerina, we do have a silhouette of a ballerina legs on the wall by Stephanie's. It's just kitty corner to Stephanie's lamp on her nightstand. 
we do have a large framed picture of a ballerina kind of doing like a pose where she's like bending like touching like her legs or something wow right away we get introduced to mr bear and she is already berating him like mr bear if it's so funny why don't you share it with everybody like she's reprimanding him like oh my gosh first time we see mr bear and you're you're reprimanding him um we do see DJ's love of horses, which will come into play when she wants to get Rocket the horse and DJ's first horse. We see a couple of horses on her nightstand. They are wearing, um, I don't know the proper term for it. It's almost like a little, like, coat. Maybe that helps them after they, like, cool down after a run and you wash them and, like, wipe them down and, like, brush them and whatever you do. Like, maybe so that way they don't, like, catch cold. I bet there's got to be a proper term for it. I'm going to look that up because I kind of want to know. Okay, so what I've seen so far is this thing is called the Dover Saddler, Saddlery Stable Blanket Net Cover. It's only, like, oh, what's this one? Oh, they're like stuff that goes over. Oh, well, this one pretty much just covers, it's a neck warmer. Oh, that's like a hundred. Oh, that's red. I like that. Oh, these have to, like pretty prints on. Oh, these are so, oh, these are so nice. I don't want a horse, but there's got to be a real, actually official term for it. So a horse turnout blanket, I think that's about as close to um, what I'm thinking of as humanly possible. It's basically the... Um, like a big giant blanket that encases the horse, just keeps it all um, nice and warm and cozy. You know, when it's uh, chilly out, they gotta stay warm. A, a stable isn't just gonna be enough, you know. Gotta keep them warm. So she's shaking her finger at Mr. Bear as DJ comes in. So I'm gonna play this clip. It's just so funny. Just, to me, it's just funny when she like, open your, page, your books to page blah blah blah, and it just cuts directly to the bear. And the rest of the stuffed animals, like, what books were animals, uh, stuffed animals that don't move? <laughs> Yes, this is going to come back. One.
So as soon as DJ, like, comes in, throws her Trapper Keeper and notebooks on the bed and just plops right down, Stephanie's like, do you want to play school? And, of course, DJ's like, no, I'm going to quit school. I, I, if it were me, like, I just got home from school. Why would I want to play school? <laughs> so apparently Stephanie found out that DJ sat by herself. Or why were you eating all alone? And DJ's like, well, I wasn't technically eating alone. I just was having some me time by myself. And it's like, oh, let me guess. Because uh, everyone's calling you Geek Burger. Apparently, everybody latched on to Kimmy insulting DJ and just ran with it like wildfire throughout the school. Everyone's calling, hey, Geek Burger. How you doing, Geek Burger? Which, this Geek Burger um, term does come back a, a couple times throughout this season. And apparently, you know, Stephanie being the good little sister that she is, sticks up for her sister. And, of course, she gets called Geek Burger Jr. I gotta say, Kimmy has got some nerve pulling this garbage. I mean, how many friends would have done this for you and thrown you a surprise birthday party? She bought, you know, got the, they got the food for you. They brought the friends. All you had to do was come over. And to make matters worse, those girls were going to totally take over DJ's house. And Kimmy's like, what are you doing? She didn't even care that these girls were going to, like, make a mess of things. She's like, no, DJ, you're messing it up. Like, she's ungrateful. But now to make matters worse, she's turning the whole, you know, sixth grade on DJ. So apparently Mr. Bear asked a question, why is everyone at school calling you a geek burger? Even the teachers are calling you a geek burger. No, they're not. Um, DJ, instead of answering, Mr. Bear just goes over, grabs him off the bed, and plops him right into the toy box at the foot of Stephanie's bed. And says, Mr. Bear is going to the principal's office. And Stephanie's like, uh, yeah, that's actually the cafeteria. Yeah, she says apparently Kimmy hates her guts because she wouldn't let her friends take over the party and wreck her house. I'm happy that DJ stuck up for herself, but I can't believe the power that Kimmy apparently has to turn the whole school against her. Wow. Just wow. Can you imagine if these girls lived in an age of social media? That would take forever to die down. I like this sisterly moment between Stephanie and DJ. As they're sitting in um, the little nook area of the bay window there, by well, by their window in their bedroom. And Stephanie's like, don't feel bad. I know you're not a geek burger. And DJ's like, thanks, and lightly punches Stephanie on the shoulder. And of course, DJ's like, and you're not a geek burger, Junior. And Stephanie lightly, you know, taps with her fist on DJ's arm. <laughs> Just watching this again, where DJ lightly, like, punches uh, Stephanie in the shoulder, and you just see, like, Jody Sweden, like, knows that's coming. I don't know how many times they had to uh, film this scene, but uh, it's just, like, she almost looks... She kind of just kind of takes it in stride, like, oh. <laughs> but when she does the same to... DJ or Candace, she like really like goes in for it like with all her and you see DJ slash Candace just kind of like taken by surprise like I didn't hit you that hard jeez. 
Cause she really sho- <laughs> Jody really shoves with her 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 fist like. <laughs> of course, we get I think probably the first Connie Chung reference of a few over the course of time. Um, as Stephanie gets up from the bay window or the little nook area of their bedroom and says. Thanks, but, you know, until this blows over and she just, like, excuse me, flops on to DJ's bed, like, completely, like, lounges on it, I think I'm gonna change my name to Connie Chung. And DJ just kind of rolls her eyes like, okay, Stephanie, I think you're going overboard. We don't need to make fake aliases. This will blow over in time, I'm sure. Give it a day. Give it 24 hours. It'll work through Kimmy's system. She'll feel bad when eventually the kids start to ignore her again and she comes back to DJ. All right, now it looks like it's later. Yeah, it is later to the day. That day, maybe later after dinner. They're all downstairs. Jesse isn't back yet. Danny, of course, is dusting the TV because he wants it to look good because, of course, Becky and Danny just got done filming their um, segment for Wake Up San Francisco, kind of like a pilot or however. I don't even think it's aired yet at this point. Of course, Danny is forgetful. He's like, oh, the tape, shoot. And Becky's like, no, I I have it right here in my bag. Yeah. <laughs> Joey's like, Danny, please, the TV is fine. Will you stop Windexing? Because Joey's on the couch and he's got Michelle. And, and Michelle's even like thinking, Daddy, you have a problem. Yeah, they're like, seriously, what is the holdup here? We're dying to watch your first show. Granted, I understand, you know, you don't want to show the tape till Uncle Jesse gets here. So, of course, when Stephanie brings up the tape, that's when Danny's like, oh, shoot, tape, I knew I forgot something. So Becky gets up and says, oh, no, I have it, it's in my bag, which is over by the door. And Danny's like, oh, what a team, I forget and you remember. I like the scoop necked shirt that Becky is wearing it really kind of hangs off the shoulder it's really pretty and I like her jeans too so while she's bent over by the door getting the tape Jesse opens the door he's wearing his leather jacket black jeans red button-up shirt his sunglasses and this is their initial meet cute here and of course he says his classic have mercy. His glasses, his sunglasses are still on, by the way. He's like, hi. And she's like, oh, hi, you must be Jesse. <laughs> Danny's brother-in-law. <laughs> she mentions how Danny told <laughs> her about him. And Jesse's like, oh, yeah? What did he say? And Becky's like, yeah, he told me he had a brother-in-law named Jesse. That's basically it. <laughs> of course, Jesse's like, oh, well, thanks, buddy, for talking me up. And it's like, well... Jesse, you don't need help getting girls, but this is different, definitely. In season one, you've seen the kind of ladies that Jesse attracts. There's nothing wrong with them. He just tends to have, you know, a type from Roxana, the rock star. We had Vega. We had Ivana. Well, not Vega, excuse me. Um, 
Ivana, is that the one? Um, Samantha, who is played by Chelsea Noble, who would later go on to be in Growing Pains in the last couple seasons, and Mary Kirk Cameron, Candace Cameron's older brother. So yeah, Jesse did definitely have a type, but this is where that all changes when he meets Becky. There's just something about this lady that is she's so put together as far as what she she knows what she wants out of out of life and everything as far as she's about her career. So he's like, Oh well you must be Rebecca and she's Oh no, please call me Becky. And Jesse is just like rolling that name around in his mouth like Wow, I, I, I like that name. <laughs> Becky, Becky, Becky. It's just it's funny because as suave as he's trying to be incompetent, he's still just he's just like such a goofy guy, like almost kind of bashful a little bit. It's like, oh, uh, Becky, I uh, was gonna get something to drink. Would you like something? And she's like, well, what do you what do you got? He's like, well, what would you like? Like whatever you have. So he's like, all right, well, let's go. Find something together. This is just, oh, I love this inter first interaction with them. Hey, Quinn, how you doing? Yes, Linda, drink out of your water bowl. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's, like, inspecting it. Like, it smells like little brother has been in my water bowl. <laughs> Danny, the TV is fine. Will you stop Windexing? Now we're dying to watch your first show. Okay, okay. Don't show the tape till Uncle Jesse gets here. Oh, the tape. I knew I forgot something. No, I have it. It's in my bag. What a team. I forget and you remember. <laughs> That's a groove it. Have mercy. Hi. Hi. You must be Jesse, Danny's brother-in-law. Danny told me about you. Oh, yeah? What do you say? Said he had a brother-in-law named Jesse. <laughs> oh. Thanks for the build-up, pal. So, you must be uh, Rebecca. No, please. Please call me Becky. Becky? I like that. Becky, Becky, Becky. <laughs> uh, so, Becky, I was going to go get something to drink. Would you like something? Sure, what do you got? What do you like? Whatever you have. Why don't we get it together, huh? <laughs> That's fascinating. I can see why you have your own talk show. <laughs> DJ, is everything okay? Yeah, fine, Dan. I can't wait to watch your show. So have you, uh, have you found an apartment yet? <coughs> oh, I found plenty of them. Problem is, they all have people living inside. <laughs> people. See, I find a sense of humor very attractive in a woman. You know, this is going to sound weird. But you remind me of someone. Oh, yeah? So far from where I want to be. 
So, of course, yeah, he is definitely flirting with her as they head into the kitchen. He's like, yeah, I mean, I can see why you have your own talk show. <laughs> of course, Danny notices uh, DJ's sad look. Like, oh, DJ, are you all right? She's like, oh, yeah, Dad, I'm fine. I just, I can't wait to watch your show. So, I mean, it's like said he's being observant and noticing that DJ's very quiet. I mean, but anyway, <clears throat> Jesse and Becky go into the kitchen and he pours some, it looks like it's like just some simple like uh, apple juice or something like that. And he's like, hey, did you find an apartment yet? And she's like, yes, <laughs> I found plenty. Unfortunately, they all have people living inside. Like, oh, that's gonna suck. And Jesse kind of laughs at that. And he's like, yeah, you know, I find a sense of humor very attractive in a woman. Oh, Jesse with the flirting. Yes, sense of humor is a good quality to have in a mate. That is definitely true. He gives her the majority of the juice and her glass is like less than half full and he gives him just a little bit of spritz for himself. She's like, no, this is gonna sound a little weird, but you remind me of somebody. And of course, Jesse, to like make the conversation that much more private between them, because he kind of thinks in his mind where this is headed, he shuts the door. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, who's that as he shuts the door? And she's kind of bashful, like, oh, it's silly, you don't want to hear it. I mean, and Jesse's like, oh, come on, people tell me all the time, go ahead. <laughs> he thinks that she's going to say, you sound like Elvis or something like that, or you look like Elvis. And she's like, oh, it's so ridiculous. And he's like, come on, pretty mama, lay it on me. <laughs> Complete with the Elvis curl of the lip. He's like, you remind me of Corky. And Jesse, of course, is like, yeah, see, people tell me. He's like, Corky? Who's Corky? She's like, my little baby brother. And he's like, you, I remind you of your little baby brother? <laughs> it's like, that's not what a guy wants to hear when he's, you know, chatting up a girl for the first time that he's, you know, attracted to. I don't think that's anything a girl wants to hear from a guy. Like, oh, you know who you remind me of? My little baby sister. She would do this incredible impression of, like, Shirley Temple or... Punky Brewster or something is so cute. It's just, it's uncanny. I really, uh, that, that immediately would be a turn off. Like, okay. She's like, he used to do that same cute Elvis voice. And she goes down to tell a story about how when they were at Sutter's Pond, he would like, what do you say? Come on, froggy mama. <laughs> and Jesse's like, Elvis never said that. Like, no, he didn't say that, but still, it's like, <laughs> she's just seeing this as two adults just having a friendly conversation, you know, joking and having a friendly conversation. Jesse, on the other hand, is hoping for a romantical spark, whereas she's just seeing him as, uh, oh, you know, you're kind of cute, because she ruffles his, his hair in the front as she walks you know, back into the living room. And Jesse's just standing there like, wow, we are so far away from where I want to be right now. Like, Jesse, you're going to have to really work for this because she is not one of your old regular girls that you will go out with. She honestly feels like the... Remember when we were introduced to um, Robin in season one? That's when we were introduced to Robin in season one. This is at the time, this is season one, episode 14, called Half a Love Story, where 
Jesse meets Robin, who is soon to be working as um, a news anchor, or I think it's a field reporter position, actually. And Jesse knows her from college. And this is a woman that is about the career. And Jesse is just thinking, like, she's one of those that he can kind of, you know, get with her and then... But, you know, she's kind of like... It almost seems like she kind of was like the pre-Becky-Becky. There was really nothing that was going to come from that, you know. But it kind of gave us an idea of where this is a woman that is not going to fall for for Jesse's quick lines and, you know, Elvis smile or Elvis impression and everything like that. This is a person that is like, if I'm into you, you will know it. So she even says, I've been out with a type of person like you before, Jesse, and that always leads me into trouble. So, but, yeah, she... Becky is going to be someone who is, Jesse's going to have to really, really work for this relationship as far as she's, you know, she finds him cute and all, but that's about as far as this is going to go for the time being. Because we only really see her in a few other episodes where they do, eventually at the end of season two, this season, they will have been dating for six months. And then they, you know, go on to do a Wake Up San Francisco segment in um, Lake Tahoe at the Alibaba, Alibaba um, Casino Dealy. And that's when, you know, they decide to, you know, get hit, you know, go down the aisle. But then, of course, they learn six months is not enough time to walk down the aisle. You really need to get to know each other. So... Yeah, it, it's just, it's cute. This season two is all about them meeting and them getting to know each other and having little cute, adorable spats and admitting, like, I do like you. I think we should try to make this a thing. So, of course, we all know Danny is such a rambler. Always been a rambler. He's got the tape in hand. <clears throat> He's like, no, everyone, we're just, we were a little nervous, so go easy on us. Don't be such harsh critics. And everyone's like, just play the tape, please. So I'm going to play this clip. Okay, now remember, <laughs> this is our first show, so we were a little bit nervous. Play the tape, Why don't I just play the tape? time to wake up, San Francisco. I'm Danny Tanner. And I'm Rebecca Donald. And we'd like to know all your names, but we're only an hour show and we've only got one phone. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good ad lib. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> terrific 12 seconds. Is there more? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think the next 12 seconds? Rebecca comes to us from two years as host of AM Omaha. Isn't uh, Nebraska one of the plain states? Well, Danny, we have tried to decorate it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't laugh at my joke. <laughs> We're laughing inside. Yeah, kind of an internal thing. Yeah. Well, should I back it up and show it again? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> this is so great. This is so much better than reading sports scores and interviewing sweaty guys. 
Thundercats! The show? You just turned off Daddy's new show. Yeah, it was boring. <laughs> Sticks are dumb out at him. <laughs> Can't wait! Yeah, this is a good one. It's the pilot episode. <laughs> okay, I've already seen it. <laughs> yeah. So the tape starts to play. They introduce themselves. Like, hi, I'm Rebecca Donaldson. Danny Tanner, and Danny's like, we'd like to know all of your names, but we're only a half-hour show. Oh, they're only an hour show. And he's like, and we've only got one phone. Immediately, Danny pauses it and is like, what do you think? I think that was a great ad-lib, don't you think? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and they're probably thinking in their mind, like, is this how it's going to go for the whole hour? Ugh. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's good. And and Joey, who's sitting next to Danny on the couch, um, Joey's holding Michelle. It's like, Danny, that was a terrific 12 seconds. Is there more? <laughs> and Danny's like, oh, yeah, um, just wait and see the next 12 seconds. So Danny kind of introduces, gives a little back story on Rebecca's history in uh, talk shows when he says that she comes to us from two years as host of AM Omaha. And he's like, Becky, or Rebecca, isn't uh, Nebraska one of those plain states? And uh, I like how Becky, th or Rebecca, throws in a joke here with like, well, Danny, we have tried to decorate it. And, of course, he pauses it, and everyone just laughs. Like, <laughs> Danny's like, you didn't laugh at my joke. Should I back it up and play it again? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, well, no, we're laughing inside. It's kind of an internal thing. And Danny's like, oh, well, no, let me rewind it and we can watch it again. And finally, Joey takes the remote out of his hand and says, Danny, please, we have lives to lead. Please, thank you. <laughs> of course, Michelle takes a remote from Joey and just all of a sudden it's like, Rebecca and Danny are talking, and boom, the pilot of the Thundercats is on. I love Stephanie's <laughs> when Danny's like, hey, maybe I should back it up and play it again. And the look of her eyes just get wide, like, uh, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> this is this hour show is going to turn into a, like, a six-hour long marathon of Danny tells a joke, stops, pauses, looks at his family for a reaction, doesn't get it, and like, oh. Oh, okay, we can go on. Like, after every single line out of his mouth, that would get old. He's right, they do have lives to lead, homework to do, showers to take, stuff like that, dinner to have. And Danny is just kind of like, oh, this is so much better than doing the sports and interviewing sweaty guys. <laughs> I'm surprised Becky's like, huh, she never herself. <laughs> of course, and here we go, the Thundercats. We got... Panthro, we got Tigra, we got a young Lion-O, who I remember, because once they get in those pods, because they're naked at this time, they have no, I don't think they got clothes on. Uh, oh, wait, no, he's got a cape on. Um, no, don't they get in the pods? And then, of course, it's like years and years and years as they're going, and when they land, um, lion is like an adult with a mind of like, what? A 10-year-old, I think, or something like that. Because Snarf, I hated Snarf. I did not like Snarf. Snarf, Snarf. I ugh, didn't like him. Ugh. He's like Lionel's babysitter or something like that. But no, Sammy's like, cartoons! And Danny's just like, Michelle, you turned off Daddy's tape. Well, 
It was boring. <laughs> I mean, a two-year-old is not going to be into a talk show, even if her daddy is on the screen. Like, don't care. She just sticks her tongue out like, Bleh. It sucks. She even shakes her head at him like, Bleh. Oh, of course, Joey gives a remote to Danny. And Stephanie's like, Dad, wait, no. And Joey's like, yeah, this is a good one. And then Danny just kind of looks at Joey like, seriously? And Joey's like, eh, that's okay, I've, I've seen it already. <laughs> and clearly, yes, it's a rerun. And this is 88, didn't Thundercats? Jeremy, Thundercats came out in 84, right? Or 86? Right? I said Thundercats came out in 86, right? 84? Probably 85? Yeah, so they're clearly watching a rerun in 88. 85? Okay, so yeah, 88, it's a rerun. It was a pilot episode, too. Well, it was the pilot because they were running with no clothes on. I remember they were naked in the beginning. What's that? Yeah, it does. <laughs> All right, now we go up to the girls' room. It looks like DJ. I see on the bottom shelf. So she's got like a four shelf thing. She's got like speakers up top on this red shelf up against the wall. The wall that's you know um, where the door is leaning against. And then below that, it looks like she's got some records. But in front of those black um, speakers, they're you know wood. Um, there is what looks like a carousel horse, like porcelain horse. Um, looks like there is some trophies, maybe soccer, maybe karate-ish. But then again, we don't see her play soccer really until season two. And the same thing with karate. We see a blue ribbon on the wall there, right between the door and the red um, shelf there. We have a really nice stereo with something up top. Um, that might be the record player. And then we see a bunch of records underneath on the very bottom shelf with some other stuff. Um, to the door, we see, of course, there's a dresser, the lip phone, which we will come to know, and a couple more horses, uh, figurines there. There's also a drawing of a trolley car for San Francisco and a San Francisco pennant, too, right above the blue lamp that's on the dresser. Jesse, of course, it's only season two, so he's still got those 80s, big 80s glasses. He doesn't have the gold-specked wire-rimmed ones that he would later have in, like, season four. Or season, yeah, season four, excuse me. So Kimmy is calling for DJ. DJ comes up. Jesse's like, Kimmy Gibbler's on the phone. DJ takes it and doesn't even bother to speak into it. Just hangs it right up, which, well, I'm, I will be doing the same thing. Of course, you hear Joey, but don't see him. Like, here she comes as she comes in. And DJ's like, oh, thanks, and just hangs it right up. Of course, Jesse and Joey take notice right away. Jesse's glasses have this weird, like, grayish tint to them which is weird 
We also see that DJ's got her guitar that I think she's stopped playing. Of course, she's got a bunch of posters. Another San Francisco looks like a Giants pennant. There is a poster, one of those long lengthwise posters of some puppies. We got that poster of the Sharpay. That's cute. That looks like posters of the Bangles. We got, we don't see a Stacey Q poster anymore, so it looks like she's moved on from Stacey Q. She's got a corkboard above her desk that's got a bunch of like certificates and um, ribbons and stuff like that. DJ sits on her bed, throws Mr. Bear across the room to Stephanie's bed, and Jesse and Joy are like, what's up? Why did you just hang up with your friend? And she kind of plays it off like there's nothing wrong. Like, oh no, it's fine. It's like, no, you're bummed. So Jesse's like, oh, you're pretty bummed, huh? And she's like, no, I'm not bummed. And he's like, yes, you are bummed. You always twirl your hair when you're bummed. So out she spills the problem. She's like, you'd be bummed out too if Kimmy got the whole school senior geek burger. So Joey sits down on the other side of DJ and is like, hey, look, maybe she called to apologize. And DJ's look, look, she can dial till her fingers fall off. I don't care. I'm not accepting her apology. I'm sorry, I'm with DJ. You know, that would take a lot of groveling to get on my good side again. And you would definitely be on probation if I even accept you back into my life. Like, you don't pull that garbage and expect your friend to just roll over and say, that's fine, it's all fixed. Yeah, DJ even goes so far as to call Kimmy a traitor. Like, yeah, she did sell her out for two older girls just because they are in junior high and wear lipstick. Ooh! That apparently trumps a three-year friendship. Really? ay ay ay. And Jesse, of course, is like, look, DJ, that doesn't mean you end the friendship. She's your best friend. And DJ does not want to hear it. She's like, yeah, more like ex-best friend. She goes over to sit on Stephanie's bed now. Oh, yeah, you won't allow her stuff on your bed, but you'll just go over and sit on Stephanie's bed. Uh-huh. So, of course, <laughs> DJ doesn't notice, but Joey and Jesse are over by DJ's bed. And they're each trying, like, no, you go talk to her. No, you go talk to her. You go, 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 go. Because apparently what Jesse said isn't really making a dent in, uh, DJ at all. So Joey comes at it with, look, DJ, I know you're upset with Kimmy, but that doesn't mean you throw the whole friendship out the window. And of course, DJ's like, no, she's not my friend anymore. We're ex-friends. Ex-friendship at the ex-window. So whenever they go to try to sit down by her, she immediately like gets up and just starts walking away from them. Like, I know what you're going to say. I don't want to hear it. Nothing you say is going to change my mind. Real quick, looking at Stephanie's right above her bed, you know, I mentioned the whole um, poster. They're actually ballet shoes. It's not an actual. Oh, the one above it is the um, ballerina that's bent with her legs outstretched. Um, right about, she's got like a little three tier, you know, shelf thing with little ballerina bunnies in like little tutus. It's really cute. And I like, like, the little bunny motif, like, on her her bedspread there, her comforter. It's like a, it almost looks like a little Peter Rabbit-like scene with the um, different pictures of them, like, in the garden and stuff. So Joey's doing his best here. He's like, I get where you're so upset, DJ, because the people that can hurt you the most are the people you love the most. Well, you know, she 
it was just so inconsiderate and just wrong of Kimmy. You know, DJ went to the trouble. She didn't have to do anything for Kimmy for her birthday. Maybe get her a gift, but she didn't have to go to the trouble throwing a surprise birthday party. And she did. And that's how Kimmy repaid her is by walking out. It's just... Of course, they kind of bring up the whole thing Jesse and Joey do with how they're friends, but they kind of messed up where Joey taped over Jesse's Elvis tape with Pee Wee Herman. That's not even remotely close to the same thing. I get where they're coming from, but it's not even close to the same thing. Well, the fact that he taped over your Elvis tape or something, you probably recorded off the television, you should have put it on there where if there's a tab on it, you break the tab off. That way it can't be recorded over. That's why you see a lot of movies that have that tab broken off. You put a piece of scotch tape over that thing, you can tape over any tape. Trust me, I've done it before. When I didn't have the money to get a blank tape or record something off the TV, I took one of my own that I'm like, I don't really watch this movie that much anymore. Boop! And I'll put on that that uh, scotch tape, pop it in the VCR, it's good as a used tape. So bottom line, he says, Joey made a mistake, but I forgave him. But DJ's like, I still think she's a nerd bomber. I'm just like, yeah, guys, you're trying your best. I get it. You really, really are. The examples you're giving are not even really adding up to what Kimmy did, but... Of course, Joey brings up DJ's soccer ball that he accidentally threw away, the one that she scored her first ever goal with, and he just... she hated him for months for that, but she eventually got over it. So he pretty much paints a picture like, hey DJ, look, if you hadn't forgiven me, we would have missed out on all the wonderful great times that we've had since then. And if you don't forgive Kimmy, if you don't like repair this friendship, you guys are gonna miss out on a lot of stuff. Like, Kimmy's not going to help you raise your three boys when your husband passes away and you need an extra set of eyes and hands to help you out. Granted that so far in the future you can't even contemplate that, but truth is you need a gibbler in your life. And at this point, I'd be like, look, why don't you and Kimmy just talk to each other and odds are you guys are going to be able to come to some form of an understanding. These things, you get angry, they eventually blow over and you work things out and the next thing you'll know, you'll be fighting about something else that you think is just as bad as this. And Joey does bring up a good line here. It's like, part of having a best friend is being a best friend. It's a give and take relationship. And he tells her to let the hurt go away, not Kimmy. I like, I really do like Joey's advice. I mean, Jesse also gives a good advice too, but I really like that Joey, even, you know, a couple of times with Stephanie, I just watched the episode Stephanie Gets Framed where she gets those glasses. What about the episode where Joey taught Michelle how to ride a bike when Joey had to take um, Stephanie to the dentist because she needed to get a cavity filled and she never had one done before. That kind of stuff. Each guy, Jesse and Joey and even Danny, they bring to the table their own method of how to help the girls work through their problems. Everyone's got their own little magic touch. I want to play this clip here. I just, this is great advice from Joey. 
Do you remember your beat-up old flat soccer ball that I accidentally threw away? You mean the one I scored my first goal with? Yeah, that one. Yeah, I remember. I was so mad at you. See, you're not mad at me anymore. No. See, DJ, if you hadn't forgiven me, we would have missed out on all the good times we've had between then and now. Leave your sister alone, my friend. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that being said in the advice that Joey gave, Stephanie announces Kimmy Gibbler's arrival, that she's downstairs. And this is an interesting kind of shot here. We do have Kimmy sitting, and the camera is almost kind of like facing just over her shoulder almost. And she does look. What in the world is going on over there, guys? What are you doing? Connie's going to the bathroom. London, I don't know what you're doing in here, bugging her. Just let her go to the bathroom in peace, please. But we do see DJ come down the stairs. And DJ, of course, thinks, like, oh, you're here to, you know, apologize for the way that you acted when I throw you that surprise party. Is there a soccer ball right up there? Just above, uh, not on, um, just when you go up the stairs like you're going to be going towards there's a soccer ball there how funny is that kimmy her expression does look kind of sad but it's almost like her the moment she sees dj her eyes start to really narrow like mm. yeah there is no hi it's like hi hi so much coldness in that high in both of them Kimmy, did you burn that shirt yet? Like I told you to, girl? So right away, after that high, DJ's like, so go ahead. And Kimmy looks at her like, go ahead what? And DJ's like, apologize. And Kimmy's looking at her like, apologize? And DJ says, yeah, isn't that why you came here? And of course Kimmy's like, no, my mom told me to come here and get my presents. So Kimmy has no real guilt right now about her actions, like, at all. Not from inviting those girls over, not from calling, you know, turning the school against DJ. Honestly, Kimmy is in the wrong two times over. Of course, DJ's like, but if you don't apologize, then how can I forgive you? Oh, Kimmy, girl, you did just not go there. And of course, she's like, forgive me for what? Getting kicked out of my own party? I'm like, girl, you left. You chose to go. She didn't kick you out. She kicked the other girls out, but not you. You looked at your friend, you looked at these two girls you barely know, and you chose them over your best friend. The one who threw you a birthday party. That's on you. But don't sit there and say, you kicked me out, because she did not. And DJ's like, I didn't kick you out, you left. And Kimmy comes at her like, yeah, because you embarrassed me in front of Nina and Melissa. Melissa. And DJ just looks at Kimmy like, I don't even know you. Like, what's wrong with you? 
Kimmy used to be the most agreeable person in the world, but those girls, what did they do to you? And DJ's just like, I cannot believe you'd rather be friends with girls who aren't, really aren't your friends. Than friends with a friend who already was your friend. Like the friend that would throw you a surprise birthday party. Kimmy, don't you kind of like start connecting the dots here? DJ's spilling out some serious truth, girl. You need to like drink that down. Of course, Kimmy's like, I don't know what you just said. Same to you, Geek Burger. And DJ gets right in her face, like, don't comment it, Kimmy Gobbler. And Kimmy's like, double Geek Burger with cheese. You guys have been watching too many Mickey D's commercials. Oh, they go, they throw out that H word, like, I hate you, I hate you too. Mail me my presents. Like, what presents? I returned all, I opened them all, and I just... I burned them, actually. I burned all the... No, they're right back there. I see them right behind the couch. So Kimmy runs to the door and goes to open it. But, of course, DJ is pleading with her at this point. Wait, you can't leave? And DJ really is, like, defeated. Like, how can you call me all those names at school? And, of course, Kimmy's all like, well, it wasn't just me. I'm thinking, girl, you started this ball rolling. Don't just start, it wasn't just me. Well, it started with you, didn't it? It's like, oh, everyone was calling you, well, you know, the G word. And DJ's like, yeah, but you're you're supposed to be my friend. Aww. And Kimmy looks at her and she's like, best friend. Like, come on, yes, girls, yes, work it out. Thank you. Oh, my heart, my heart. And DJ, oh, she's got it. getting a smile on everything. Like, best friend. Like, yeah, come on, girl. You're working it out. Yeah. So DJ's just planning this picture in Kimmy's head. Like, well, you know, if we don't make up, how are we going to share lockers in junior high? Kimmy's like, yeah. I mean, she. DJ goes over to sit on the couch, and Kimmy, like, goes over and sits next to her. Like, yeah, we won't get to go to college together. I'm like... You two are never going to go to college together, I'm sorry. <laughs> and DJ's like, and we won't be able to marry identical twins and be congresswomen? Like, wow. Um, that's what you guys think about? Is that what you, you think your future is going to be? Well, I'll tell you right now. Um, your your future starts out a little bit shaky. Um, you get married. You have three beautiful boys. And your husband passes away, sadly. And you move into your dad's house with your sister, Stephanie, and your best friend, Kimmy, who has a daughter named Ramona. And Steve shows up. You don't know Steve yet, but that name will come back. I mean, not your cousin Steve, but um, Steve, your boyfriend, who will magically appear in four, se four seasons from now. Yes, 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 yes. So, plenty to look forward to. Plenty to look forward to. That's kind of interesting because <laughs> when I was, well, actually I was younger than DJ. Um, I was probably like second grade. And I would think about, you know, my friend and I, who was kind of like a Kimmy Gibbler-ish person. In my mind, when I would plan out, like, our futures, like, we'd live next to each other. I would marry so-and-so. She would marry the other guy. And we'd, like, have kids. And we'd all, like, live right right next to each other. I remember distinctly planning that in my mind. And just thinking when I was, like, eight or nine years old, just 
and looking back on that now is just it's so wild what the the way you think like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna marry this person I'm gonna have this many kids my best friend is gonna live right next door she's gonna marry this guy and we're all gonna raise our kids together and stuff like that but it's like no matter how far you plan in advance from whatever early age it's like you might plan but it's like no life is gonna go in the direction that it wants to go for you you might not always have a say in how things work out what's that saying called like man plans god laughs but kimmy's like yeah we gotta make up or our lives will be ruined <laughs> well i don't know about ruined but uh yeah you definitely need to make up if we want fuller house to happen uh, I love Kimmy is sincere here. She is like, she's kind of tilts her head like, DJ, I really am sorry. And she's like, I'm sorry I brought those dumb junior high girls to the party. I'm sorry I left with them. She is really like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, she's got a long list to apologize for, so I'll sit here and wait for all of it. Oh, here we go. We hear what happened after uh, she left with them. I'm sorry they dumped me when they met those two cute guys at the mall. Well, golly, you knew that was going to happen. <laughs> so they left her at the mall, abandoned her, probably no way to get home. So she probably had to try to find a phone to call her parents to come and get her. No way was she calling up DJ and say, DJ, um, those two girls, like, abandoned me at the mall. Can you, like, get your uncle Jesse or maybe Joey to come and get me? I can't call my parents because they're not home. Because they thought I'd be at your place, you know, with the party and everything. So they decided to, like, go out. The audience is like, oh, Kimmy. Oh, you. And I'm really sorry I told everybody you were a geek burger. Kimmy Gibbler apology train, everybody. Everybody aboard. Oh, it's like Kimmy is punishing herself. I'm the geek burger. And DJ, like, don't say that about my best friend. She's like, oh, wait, 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 as DJ breaks the hug. You never opened up your birthday present. But DJ grabs a big box with a giant, like, frizzy bow on it, like a purple bow with, like, yellow wrapping paper. Oh, actually, no, the paper is, like, um, horizontal rainbow lines. Of course, Kimmy is just excited as she pulls out this lilac colored hat that's got is really bedazzled with like shiny gems like silver gemstones on it and she's like wow this is only the raddest this is like only the raddest hat in the entire universe and i'm just like that big box for one little gift but then again it's all about you know the show as far as you know big beautiful box colorful box and then you have the gift inside. And the DJ's like, should be. It cost a fortune. It probably costs like maybe $10. But that could be a fortune in DJ's eyes with the allowance, the pitiful allowance that Danny pays his kids. <laughs> what did De Stephanie say like um, in season, what was it, seven? When Stephanie wasn't cleaning her room and Michelle's like, we get paid a buck a week. Please don't rock the boat. So it probably took DJ like two and a half months of saving a dollar a week to pay for that hat. So I love, <laughs> these girls are just, they're so nervous. It's like, K 
Kim kind of bites her lip like <laughs> she puts the hat on like mm, what do you want to do now TJ's like um why don't we open all your presents and go to the mall and exchange them Kimmy's like but I might like them and DJ's like um, no I opened all of them actually after you left I was so angry Oh, she was like, no, you won't believe me. I already opened up. Oh, I bet more. it's more like these girls, just the gifts. Wait until you see how horrible they are. They're not good. We'll get you some good gifts. See, this is back in the day when you could probably return a gift without a receipt because I doubt those girls had gift receipts in those bags. And you could just return them for, like, cash or store credit, depending on what store they came from. Oh, God, DJ is right. One of the gifts that Kimmy opens is this pale pink faux leather purse it's really gaudy looking it's like ew dj was right like i wouldn't bother opening any of the other ones <laughs> they're pretty bad so i'm gonna play this clip You're not going to college together, sweetie. You're not doing that either. We gotta make up our lives, we ruined. Well, yeah. a banana clip in her hair? Well, wait, you never opened up your birthday <laughs> present. Happy birthday. Where's the giant bell on the coffee table? Tell me the wildest cat in the entire universe. It's okay. Ten dollars. Yeah, they're pretty garbage. They're not great. Oh my god, yeah, because they have the subtitles on. She says, 
You won't like the denim sweater. It's like not a good color for you, DJ tells her. So we do know that she gets a disgusting denim sweater. I didn't even know denim could be made into sweaters. Um, and a ugly pale pink faux leather purse that just looks utterly gross. Blech. Even for 1988. <laughs> Alright, so that was the episode. So let me see. For the best dress... Now, who did I pick? I know I picked, I like Stephanie's outfit. I think I'm going to go with Stephanie's little Scotty dog outfit. I thought that was really cute, that little sweater with the word Scotty with the little black uh, Scotty dogs on either side for best outfit. Um, worse is definitely going to go to Kimmy's um white sweater that looks like it has been stretched out, washed, beyond repair then like I said I told her girl you need to burn the sweater throw it away it's been worn as much as it possibly can I'm surprised it's not like got holes in it and falling apart use it as a rag throw it in the trash you know you can use it to you know wash your dad's car on father's day or something like that don't wear it it's icky as far as for a relatable character I'm trying to think if I ever had a disagreement with a friend that escalated to that point. Um, especially when I was that, yeah, I, I don't really think I had, because the friends, I usually only had a really good friend, and then, like, they would move away the next year and I'd have to make a new friend. Um... I don't remember ever really having a disagreement with a friend where we didn't talk for a period of time. So I'm going to say I do not have a relatable this episode. Well, I mean, I could maybe stretch it and go with Michelle bouncing on that little horse because I have a picture of me on a little horse. On a horse just like that impact. So I think I'll... It's a stretch, but Michelle for the little uh, bouncing horse. Oh, and then I could throw in Stephanie in there with the, oh, she played school, because I did that once with, you know, and stuffed animals, so two relatables. I know, it's a stretch. <laughs> I really gotta say, I really enjoyed, this was a adorable meet-cute between Jesse and Becky, and I like that, you know, in this season alone, because I am going to be covering... A Little Romance, which is season 2, episode 11, where Jesse and Becky agree to actually date each other and kind of see where their relationship goes. I gotta give props to Joey for really, you know, helping DJ kind of see the light with, you know, her friendship and everything. Um, as far as for the worst this episode, I mean, Nina and Melissa definitely, but as far as for the character, Kimmy all the way, I mean, yes, she did apologize at the end, but... Her actions just pff, unacceptable. I mean, if that were my friend, if I throw a friend at a birthday party and they pull that garbage, like, uh, no, you are going to be doing some groveling. You're going to be on your knees forgiving me for a long, long time. I don't, I mean, in my eyes, I don't even think I would forgive it. That's just unacceptable. Granted, I wouldn't go out of my way to throw somebody a surprise birthday party either because I don't do stuff like that, so. And the best person out of the episode, even though I don't really do awards like that, but I'm going to give it to Becky, Rebecca Donaldson, for her introduction. Loved it. Loved it. She just, 
comes in, she's friendly, she's jovial, you know, she takes Danny's supposed manic oddness in stride, just kind of goes with it. So, yeah. Her interaction with Joe, with Jesse was just so cute. So, okay, this was the first episode in the Jesse and Becky A Love Story series. The next episode we are going to focus on next week is Season 2, Episode 11, entitled A Little Romance, which aired on January 13th, 1989. This is the first, is this the first episode in 1989? No, uh, Middle Age Crazy is the first episode of 1989, and then A Little Romance is the second one. Becky gets the guys to participate in a date auction and DJ gets her first boyfriend played by the late Jonathan Brandis. Yes, he is rocking that Farrah Fawcett mullety look. Beautiful. Feathered bangs. Just, oh, gorgeous. Such a cute boy. And it's so sad what happened to him, you know? Um, I remember because when he passed... I learned about it when I was I was living in my apartment. I actually learned about it from a friend, because of course, um, this when I learned about it, I uh, oh my gosh, this is like three days. This November twelfth, two thousand three. This is three days after Jeremy and I actually started dating. And Jonathan Braddis was pretty well known. I mean, he was in Never Ending Story two. He was in the show Sequest. 2032, he was in the TV miniseries It before um, the movie was rebooted and redone. He was in Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield and Jack A. Harris, also with Eileen Graff from Mr. Belvedere. He's been in a lot of stuff. Yep. He was in a movie called Sidekicks with Chuck Norris and Danica McKellar from The Wonder Years. She played Winnie Cooper. She plays Jonathan Brandis' love interest in this movie. So yes, uh, that is the episode A Little Romance is the next episode that I will be covering in the Jesse Becky A Love Story series. So everyone have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And enjoy the first month of 2020. The first week, actually, of 2020. I mean, yes, it's not a full week, but I had a good day today. Being, you know, I'm recording this on New Year's Day. And um, I just hung around the house. You know, I read for a little bit. I actually finished a book called Steph Soto Taco Queen, which is... I'm going to read um, the description real quick. And this is actually a middle grade book. It came out in 2017. It's by Jennifer Torres. Estefania Steph Soto is itching to shake off the onion and cilantro embrace of Tia Perla, her family's taco truck. She wants nothing more than her dad to get a normal job and for Tia Perla to be put out to pasture. It's no fun being known as the taco queen at school, but just when it looks like Steph is going to get exactly what she wants and her family's livelihood is threatened, she will have to become the truck's unlikely champion. This actually was quite a short book. It's just under 200 pages long. I did rate it a 3 out of 5. I thought it was good. It kind of stuck on track with the main theme of the, the taco truck and everything. As far as, I don't want to, you know, spoil anything for you guys, but, um, 
yeah, it was really, it was a good book. Um, another one that is perfect that I actually finished on uh, New Year's Eve. It's called, um, this is a young adult book. It's called Trapped by Michael Northrup. And this book actually came out in 2011, but it's perfect for winter because it's about kids that get trapped in a school. <clears throat> the day the blizzard started, no one knew that it was going to keep snowing for a week. That for those it, that for those in its path, it would become not just a matter of keeping warm, but of staying alive. Scotty and his friends Pete and Jason are among the last seven kids at their high school waiting to be picked up that day, and they soon realize that no one is coming for them. Still, it doesn't seem so bad to spend the night at school, especially when distractingly hot Krista and Julie are sleeping just down the hall. But then the power goes out, then the heat, the pipes freeze, and the roof shudders. As the days add up, the snow piles higher and the empty halls grow colder and darker. The mounting pressure forces a devastating decision. This was a good book. I rated this one also a 3 out of 5. I liked it. It kept me interested. And I kind of been kind of looking for other books that are kind of similar in the same vein. Like, you know, since it's like wintertime and things where, uh, stories where people are like snowed in. I just, I don't know why, but something like that. But those are my two book recommendations for the month of January 2020, even though it's still like the first week, not the first full week, but um, as I go on and I read books that I like, I will definitely recommend them to you. I am currently also reading Anne of Green Gables by L.M. Montgomery. That is the book series that I got the book set of Anna Green Gables for Christmas. Um, I've watched Anne with an E now twice, and season three is going to drop this Friday, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm so excited. This actually, Anne with an E, was my first taste of the Anna Green Gables stories. I did e I also got the Anna Green Gables miniseries that came out in the 80s with Meek and Fellows and I've been watching that a little bit but it's like I'm also reading the book so I really don't want to be spoiled too too much. Anna, Anne with an E actually is kind of it's based on Anna Green Gables but it's kind of a dark-ish gritty-ish version where they do apply some stuff from the books into the show. But um, the miniseries, I've noticed when I first started watching it and I started reading the books, like the dialogue is like straight from the book. I'm like, okay, I gotta pull back. So I'm like 100 pages into a th over 300 page book. And it, it's good. Um, because I watched Am of the E, so when I'm reading... The book, Anna Green Gables, I'm picturing the characters, the actors and actresses from Anne with an E instead of um, the Anna Green Gables miniseries, but I think that really makes it just as good. I also pre-ordered, there's a soundtrack that comes out at the end of January from the Anne with an E show, and I'm really excited to listen to that when that becomes, when I get that shipped to me, so... But other than that, that's, that's kind of what I'm up to. What, hey, one, what, what are you doing, buddy? Um, I will be getting back into Silver Spoons. I will be covering Season 4, Episode 1, entitled Head Over Heels. So if you want to listen to 
Silver Spoons seasons one through three are all up on the Punky Power on Unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. You can check that out. I just dropped the introduction episode for Different Strokes to Move the World is a monthly unofficial Different Strokes podcast that will actually go up in April. And if you're into the show Everwood, I will be dropping the pilot episode, my review of that, on January 6th. That is going to be only exclusively for the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. So if you want to, that's going to be a twice a month podcast. So, all right. Everyone have a wonderful weekend, even though it's only Wednesday right now, but this will go up on Friday, January 3rd. Also, my hamster, Liesl, will be celebrating her one year, her first birthday on January 5th, on Sunday. So look for uh, her picture on Instagram and the Facebook page for the podcast. We'll see how I can work that, right? (laughs) Because, uh... I've only just been starting, I've had her for a year, I've only really just been starting, like, taking her, I mean, I'll put her in her ball when I have to clean her cage once a week, but, um, I've only been, for the last few months, been taking her out and, like, holding her and petting her. I think it's just because I was nervous when the first time I got her, she did kind of nip me, and I think that kind of, like, made me really nervous to, like, pick her up, or, and, you know, I did pet her in her cage, her, um, enclosure and everything like that, so... <laughs> but I have been taking her out and like petting her and stuff like that. So she's she's really sweet and I, I love her very much. So I'm just, I can't believe it's already been almost a year. I would have gotten her the day that I had stayed at my dad's when my dad was alive. Um, Pam had to go out, you know, go shopping and stuff and, you know, give her some free time. So I stayed with my dad. And then after that, I left and I went to a couple um, pet stores in where I was at. And apparently, right after Christmas, they had a shortage of like hamsters and you know gerbils and whatnot. And luckily, one I went to, they just got some in. And I guess in my mind, I was kind of looking for like a a golden and white one. And um, Liesel ended up being like kind of a a sandy blonde color and I went with her and I just in my mind I I I picked the name Liesl because of the book the book thief the character Liesl and I I really like that character and like I, I that's what I named her so all right everybody I will be back with a new episode of Full House part of the Jesse and Becky love story series on January 10th, entitled A Little Romance. So, bye-bye.